o'clock on Wednesday, and you know what that means. You're listening to the Hardwood Hoop here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Jake Gonzalez. Kick back and relax the next hour as we talk all things basketball surrounding the Plains and the SEC. Keep that dollar right here, and let's get on with the show. You're listening to the Hardwood Hooper on Weagle 91.1 FM Auburn, and I'm your host, Jake Gonzalez. Today, I'm joined by Mr. Daniel Locke and uh, another one of my roommates, Mr. Jake Berg. So we've got two Jakes in the studio. So you all say hi to everybody. How are you all doing? What up? What up? Doing pretty good. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. So we've got a lot in store for today's show. Obviously, we have the NBA playoffs going on right now. A couple of teams already being knocked out. Only one team getting swept in the first round of the NBA playoffs. And let me tell you, that cracks me up. We're going to talk a little bit about our... Uh, some of the Auburn basketball news, there's some news going surrounding recruiting slash uh, transfers coming in and even people potentially leaving the Auburn program. We can do a little pickums later on the show, and we also have our famous historical Hooper segment. And just so you guys know, this is probably the last time you're going to hear me on the radio. The last, last time you're ever going to hear the historical Hoopers, last time you're ever going to hear the Hardwood Hoop are here on Weagle 91.1 FM Auburn, as it is like the last week before finals. I might do a bonus episode next week. I don't have too many finals. So we'll see. We'll see what we'll see what the station manager ma- managers over here will let me do. Uh, but for the most part, this will probably be the last time you guys hear me on the radio. So with that being said, let's hop right into the fun stuff. Let's talk a little bit of basketball here. Let's talk about the NBA playoffs. Some of the games you've seen the past couple of days. What I'm going to do is I'm going to run through some of the the overall scores in these series in terms of who's leading and what position the teams that have already been knocked out. Um, so I'm going to start with. The four or five games that have already happened, we're going to go through two of them as well, talking to those a little more deep, uh, a little more deeply. Uh, but first one, obviously, uh, Philly and Toronto. That uh, is Philly's leading that series three to two. Then we have Golden State uh, Warriors leading the Denver Nuggets three to one. Uh, Dallas is up three two over Utah. Uh, Memphis is over, is leading three two over Minnesota. Bucks lead Chicago three to one, and Phoenix is up three to two over New Orleans. Obviously, if you've been watching the NBA playoffs, you obviously know that there's two games left off that list, and those are the two that I'm probably going to spend a little more time talking about. Um, so the first one, obviously, is uh, Brooklyn getting swept by Boston. And I know I know you all have a lot to say about this topic, and especially Daniel, considering he's a Boston fan, but I also know that Mr. Uh, Berg over here loves to hate on the Brooklyn Nets. So you all go into this game a little bit. I want to hear you all talk about this. So last year, my dad and I went to round one game five when Brooklyn finished off Boston in the Garden. And I just remember thinking, like, oh, man, I cannot wait until next year. We're not going to let that happen again. And we didn't. We swept them. And I love it. I hate the Nets. (laughs) Oh, man, it was perfect. Perfect, perfect, perfect. All right. What do you think about the game, Berg? Listen, man, I don't have any ties to Boston. My girlfriend's from Boston, so I guess that makes me a Celtics fan. Um, And a Red Sox fan. This is basketball, not baseball. <laughs> um, anywho, uh, you know, I enjoyed seeing the Nets get swept. I cannot stand KD. He is just – there's something about him that just irritates me. Um, so seeing him lose and him play pretty bad, that just – that made my heart happy, I'm not going to lie. So. What, do you think he's a snake or something? Yeah, definitely a snake. Definitely Why? A snake. Why? Dude, I just – I don't know, man. There's just something about him, his whole demeanor, the way he plays the game. Um. You know, he had to come up clutch for his team, and he just couldn't do that. Um, and that's obviously why they lost. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, essentially it's what it is. I mean, KD probably had one of the worst series that we've ever seen him have in the playoffs. Obviously the first time that uh, either Kyrie or Kevin Durant have ever been swept in the NBA playoffs. And obviously it being a first-round exit is not a good look. Mm-mm, not at all. So is it time to blow it up in Brooklyn? Oh, yeah. Now. You Tomorrow. So? What do they do? What do they do different? Yeah, what, what are Get we doing here? Trade. <laughs> Trade everybody. <laughs> I'm down. They can sell the team, too. Yeah. I mean, you could do that. Hey, they can move to Hartford, Connecticut. I would. That would be kind of elite. I can't lie. Hartford is actually a very sick town in Connecticut. Um, the Hartford Yard Goats, obviously, is a minor league baseball club there, which is such an elite name on a different level. I don't know what it is about the Yard Goats, but it's just they have a special place in my heart. It's my second favorite in uh, minor leagues. Okay. Wait, what's your favorite, then? Oh. Akron Rubber Ducks, baby. Have have I? Can I intrigue you, perhaps, in the Rocket City Trash Pandas? Yes. Because I mean, if you don't tell me that name's elite. that's a top class name right there. Yeah, it doesn't get better than that. It is pretty funny. That like it's a fantastic name because they used to have uh, Huntsville. This is obviously in Huntsville, 
Um, and Huntsville used to have a, a minor league club there called the Huntsville Stars. So they've been going for the Huntsville Stars, the Rocket City Trash Band as well. That's an elite, like, that's that's quality. That's, that's a quality rebranding right mm-hmm. there. I think so. All right, so let's talk about this collapse. What is, what is Brooklyn? What is the Brooklyn Nets right now? What are, what are they going to do in the future? How are they going to fix what they already have? I think Kyrie's, this is Kyrie's last year, if I'm not correct. It's his player option, right? Player option. Yeah, and he said he's coming back yeah. from what I saw, so should be interesting. I love Steve Nash. I just don't <laughs> think he's the right coach for the Nets. Mm-mm. I Yeah, Steve Nash, all-time great NBA player, obviously. All-time great player in general, Hall of Fame player. Does he know how to coach a basketball team? No. No, there's no shot. Or is it or is it just the circumstances of what the season was and the and the problems that surrounded it? Obviously with Harden being Harden, mm-hmm. Kyrie only being able to play away games for seven-eighths of the season, mm-hmm. Kevin Durant constantly being hurt. I mean, I think you have to look at the situation that he was handed with COVID, Kyrie, injuries, um, Harden getting traded. But at the same time, you know, Playing the game is a different thing than coaching it, in my opinion. You know, you wouldn't have LeBron go out there, and he wouldn't be the best coach, even though he's the best player. Um, you know, I think Steve Nash does need to go. I think don't think he's going to be the the right man there for the job. I don't know. For for me, I think Steve Nash, like with the circumstances that Steve Nash was handed, because obviously outside of that two like kind of powerhouse combo of Kyrie and Kevin Durant, there's not a ton of depth on this team you have a lot of old stars it kind of reminds me of how the lakers were this season obviously lakers not making the playoff hilarious by the way that's awesome um la bum la bum stole that one from you real quick um yeah but it's you know this team their biggest mistake was when they traded away obviously three quarters of their team and a ton of picks to get james harden Mm -hmm. i think james harden coming into this team actually ruined this team Obviously, they have at the time before they traded for Harden, they had Spencer Dinwiddie, they had Jared Allen, and they had Karis LeVert. Obviously, Karis LeVert and Jared Allen make an NBA team, or obviously on the Cleveland Cavaliers, make the playoffs. Well, really, the play in get knocked out, obviously, by the Hawks. Who the Hawks we'll talk about in a minute gets uh, get knocked out of the playoffs in the first round by the Heat. Um, but you know that team was so much deeper with those three guys because outside of Kevin Durant and Kyrie, you had all these other guys that can contribute and young talent as well. You see what Spencer did when he's doing in uh, Dallas right now. And obviously we've seen what Jared Allen being definitely the number one guy in Cleveland, their best defensive player, um, pretty much their only defensive player outside of uh, Mr. Isaac Okoro, obviously the Auburn alum. The GOAT. Yeah. Um, but it's – I don't think this is uh, Steve Nash's fault in a way. Obviously he can have handled situations better, um, putting Patty Mills and Goran Dragic uh, – on the floor and and the clutch is probably not a good combination. Um, not a lot of height there, not a lot of ball movement. They're going to play um, that kind of, what's the ISO ball. Yeah. But I mean, that's different than the, the method that they want to play all year. I mean, if you look at the numbers for the series, I was just adding up the numbers. The Nets only lost all four games by a combined 18 points. I mean, it's close games right there, but Looking at the box score for some of these games, I mean, Blake Griffin's playing 20 minutes a game, has zero points. Um, Andre Drummond, starter for the team, zero points. I forget that Blake Griffin is on this roster. I know, I did too. Um, Bruce Brown, didn't he pop off for a little yeah, bit? Yeah, Bruce, Bruce Brown had a couple of good games here in the middle. But, I mean, that, that should just show how quality of a defensive team this Boston Celtics squad True. is. They obviously have defensive player of the year in Marcus Smart, but everybody else in that roster can guard and mm-hmm. Can contest ball. Grant Grant Williams, obviously, if you you know that name, a big SEC name from the past couple of years, obviously a big name in that 2018-2019 season where Auburn went to the Final Four over at Tennessee. Um, and obviously, it took him a few seasons to get into the NBA and kind of figure out a spot on this roster, especially with the Celtics team. But I mean, he's pr- providing quality minutes yeah. defensively and offensively. Mm-hmm. I mean, this last game he had 14 points in 30 minutes, um, numerous rebounds, numerous blocks. I mean. He played a good game. But, I mean, if you're the Nets, you have Kyrie and KD, two of the best players of our generation, and they can't win a single series or a game of the series at home too. Like, that's inexcusable in my opinion. I Like, and I wouldn't have thought it, but their best chance being game one is kind of mind-boggling to mm-hmm. me. And the fact they weren't able to pick one up at home either. Absolutely. But that's not to discount the Celtics. I mean, they're really good. Yeah, um, Daniel, talk about this. The resident Celtics fan, the resident Celtics homer, talk about this Boston Celtics team. 
Dude, it reminds me of the 2008 squad, and we all know what happened in June 2008 because <laughs> that team loved defense. They weren't the best shooters, but they were physical, and they loved to play defense. That's what this team does, but this team can shoot. Yeah. So I am so, so, so excited for these playoffs. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like it could potentially end in a very heartbreaking way next round, maybe yes, to sir. the Bucks, because yes, that matchup is a little intimidating. But yeah, I've got to, I've got to say I'm confident, and I really think that there's no reason this team can't do it. Not saying they will, but there's no reason they can't. I would say any, any team that has to play the Bucks, it should be an intimidating matchup. Obviously, the yeah. reigning champs. Um, do you know the status of uh, Chris Middleton? Is he still off for a couple of games? Yeah, so he's going to be still off for a couple of games, it sounds like. Um, they're going to reevaluate him. I believe it was a sprained MCL, if I yeah. remember correctly. Um, so, I mean. Well, I, I'm, I'm only asking you because I know you actually care about the Bucks. I'm like, I. I appreciate the respect there. Um, <laughs> I will say, you know, I want Chris back as soon as possible. But As you should. I mean, do we need him? Look at uh, Grayson Allen. Dude was popping off. I love Grayson Allen. I can never like Grayson Allen. I don't know. The dude just, he just, he kind of irks me in a weird way. I mean, you know, he uh, has his history in NCAA, obviously, with the Bulls. Um, But, I mean, shoot, I hope we keep running him down with the booze (laughs) because he's feeding off of it. So, um, I don't know. His Twitch streams are pretty funny. (laughs) He has Twitch streams? Yeah, he he plays uh, World of Warcraft and stuff. That's awesome. I don't yeah, know. Why, does he play, really... why does he play World of Warcraft? He plays all sorts of stuff. My my all-time favorite uh, series he's done was the World of Warcraft one. What what other stuff does he play? Because this is, this is actually uh, It's a lot me. of sports. Like, he really likes Madden. Um, that surprises me. Big first-person shooter guy. And he did Most one. Most Oh, this is my favorite. He played, like, NCAA Basketball 09. And, like, the graphics were terrible. But, obviously, he, like, had a dynasty with Duke. And he, like, created himself and recruited himself. It was hey, just cool. Those NCAA like 09 games, like those old college basketball games, the old college football games, elite. And they'll always be elite. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right, let's move into our second game that we're going to talk about, which is obviously the Atlanta Hawks being knocked out by Jimmy Butler-less uh, Miami. 97-94, Heat won the series 4-1. to uh, What happened in this game? Did you all watch this? I did not. I no. didn't either. I was actually uh, studying, so that's... I don't believe that. Yeah, I really wasn't studying. <laughs> I was probably hopping on Xbox or something. I definitely heard you. you doing that oh, last night. Oh, yeah, I was on Xbox. That's what it was. Cause, <laughs> no, Trey Young, I remember this. I was watching the video with uh, my friend Joe June, who's up in Penn. We were talking during this game, and obviously a three-point game, Trey Young goes to the stripe and is missing free throws. I mean, you can't do that no. as an all-star in the NBA in an elimination game. Was this at home, too? Yeah, this is, at, this is in Atlanta. At home, like that's just unacceptable in my opinion. I mean, I mean, look, sometimes that happens. Trey Young is obviously a superstar, and he's going to be in this league for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And you know, do we call Ice Ice Trey Ice anymore since he's missing those free throws like this? I don't know. He's missing free throws, but he sent some wild yeah. shots out there. So. Yeah, uh, especially in a game. I think it was game three, mm-hmm. where they they got their first win. Obviously, that was a uh, big shots, uh, big shots on the stretch puts him in the game. Obviously, keeps him in the series. Obviously, to get to the point where they were tonight or last night. Obviously, where they lose in the fourth game. Is this a bad season for Atlanta as a whole, especially after making to the Eastern Conference Finals last year? Well, if you take a look at the whole season, like there were times when they were out of the playoff picture. So the fact that they were able to claw into the playoffs, I feel like, kind of says enough. Um, obviously, disappointing given what happened last year, but I feel like it definitely could have been worse. Yeah, I mean, I, I think everyone, including myself, thought that last year was kind of a fluke year yeah. for the Atlanta Hawks. Obviously, I, mean, they, I loved it. Don't get me wrong. I was rooting for them once the Celtics got knocked out. Oh, yeah, I was rooting for them, too. Only one person in this room wasn't rooting for them. Hey, shout out to my dad for taking me and my brothers to that game. That was a great game. Um, But, I don't know, the Hawks, can you be disappointed, you know, from where they were, what was it, three, four years yeah, ago? I mean, even two years ago. Like, outside of last season and this season. I mean, they're one of the worst teams in the NBA, and now people are kind of expecting you to make the playoffs with the rest that you have. Obviously, you have Clint Capella. Um, obviously, he goes down this series uh, and out for the rest of the season, obviously, because of the loss. Um, but, I mean, you know, you still have John Collins on that roster. You still have Okongwu on that roster. You still have the Red Velvet, Kevin Herter. The GOAT. He's my favorite player probably on that team. Gotta love the redhead. Um, and they obviously have DeAndre, DeAndre Hunter, who in this game, 35 points, 
11 Same. rebounds, a playoff double-double, and those are all career-high numbers for him as well. And that's just it's kind of impressive. And it, it's a sad way to, to see this Atlanta Hawks season and come to an end and win in such a close loss. All right, we're going to step away for a quick two-minute PSA break, so we'll see you guys on the other side. So stay tuned right here to Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome back to the Hardwood Hoop right here on Weagle 91.1 FM Auburn. I'm your host, Jake Gonzalez. Today I'm joined by the wonderful and always present Daniel Locke at this point and Mr. Jacob Berg. Go Bucks. All right, we have a Milwaukee Bucks fan obviously in the house. And now just for that, I'm going to play this for you. We do not care. Because we don't care. No one likes the Bucks here. All I right. appreciate it. You're welcome. I don't know. I, I've had some fun trying to use some of these uh, new like uh, voiceover things, like the little sound bits that we have in here. I forgot that we have these in here, and I've never used it before. I respect it. But there's a lot of good ones in here, like the We Do Not Care. Let's, let's see. What's, uh, let's put, what's another one in here? Oh, is the, the Vine Boom? I don't know. That I drop a here. hot take in a little bit. You can, yeah. you can use that one. As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. That's a quality one. <laughs> that one will live in infamy. Um, that one I might just play randomly just because I think that's hilarious. And if, if you, Obviously, if you don't know the scenario in that one, just Google that, the, the deep drive in the left field by Cassianos, and, well, you'll know, and it'll explain everything. And it's, it's a great bit if you haven't heard that one before. But let's get back to basketball because, obviously, that's baseball-related. Let's stick on basketball. Berg, you said you wanted to talk about Ben Simmons a little bit over the break. So uh, kind of run through that if you, if you want to because – I really don't care about Ben Simmons, considering he hasn't played at all this season. Yeah, I mean, my uncle actually shot me a text. He's tuning in, and a lot of my family's tuning in, so shout out to them. Um, but, you know, he was saying how we can't forget about Ben Simmons that's on this team because he's an all-star too. Um, but, you know, he's you know he's had his success previously, but I just I don't like him. I don't think he's a great team player. I don't think he um, adds any value to the locker room. Um, he had something to the locker room. Yeah. He had some height. He can play some defense, but he can't really do anything outside of that. He can't shoot. He can barely pass the basketball. Is he on the same level as James Harden in a few picks? That's a tough question. Um, I think that move by Brooklyn was more to be able to revamp for the future. Obviously, because Harden wanted out. And with the amount that they gave up to get Harden in the first place, I think that was a good move on their part. But obviously, Ben Simmons is not the same caliber player as James Harden. He can't provide the same kind of things that James Harden provides. He's almost the exact opposite in terms of he doesn't really provide a lot of points, but he's going to lock down anybody who, who he guards. Which it's, you know, had he played in game four, I think this might be a different outcome. I think that the Nets actually might win this game because he's able to lock down maybe Jason Tatum. True. Or even Jalen Brown. Obviously, Jalen Brown, not an ideal matchup. Uh, just the height difference, he might not be able to keep up. But still, I think it's a very possible reason as to why maybe the Nets didn't perform as well as we were starting to because yeah. they lost their big like a big piece of the big three in terms of scoring output I agree I'm looking at a report right now that says even if Ben Simmons had suited up he wouldn't have played in the game that's the report coming out of uh well, I, I think we all knew that I I mean we've kind of seen the talk about this for a few weeks now and you know hadn't you not if he hadn't played at all in the season he's not going to play in the playoffs True. especially when you know the team's 3-0 it just I think he was kind of done with the season yeah but just... we'll move on from that. We'll, we'll get to the part that's fun on this show, the fun segment that we all love, the main reason why everybody's here. And if you've never listened to the show before, well, do we have a treat in store for you today? This is my segment, my famous segment that I've uh, marvelously created. Uh, it's called the Historical Hoopers segment. And what we do in the segment, if, once again, for those that have not listened to the show before, is we break down whether or not a random historical figure would have been good at basketball. So I'll run through like a, a list of pros and cons from like this research I've done over the past week, basically through 30 minutes to an hour. Um, and we'll talk about whether or not we think they would be a good basketball player. And it, it's not just talking about like in the NBA, but just in, in general, we kind of relate to the NBA because that's the easiest, especially with where we're at in the NBA season and where we're in the basketball season as a whole. And so for me, for me, this com- this combines my love of sports, obviously hosting a, a basketball radio show here. So obviously I love sports. Mm-hmm. But it also combines my love for history. So this is, this is kind of a little brainchild of those two things. So, you know, in the past, we've done George Washington. We've done Leif Erickson, Cornelius Vanderbilt. I don't remember who we did last week. Oh, it was Harry Houdini. That's who we did last week. That was a good one. That was fun. This week, we're going to be kind of along the same lines as maybe Mr. Cornelius Vanderbilt. And we're going to go with uh, John D. Rockefeller. 
Okay. So if you don't know who John D. Rockefeller is, he's basically like one of the first, like he's basically the first U.S. billionaire. Um, built this whole Standard Oil Company. Obviously, that was broken up by the antitrust laws under Theodore Roosevelt back in the early 1900s. And obviously, a couple of those companies are now big oil brands and like Exxon and Chevron uh, from that antitrust law breaking those up. So what I'm going to do, like I've already mentioned once, is I'm going to go through and I'm going to break down a few of pros and cons, going to go back and forth, and then we'll kind of just discuss whether or not we would think it was going to Hooper. So we'll go from, I'll ask Daniel, I'll ask you, and then I'll give my opinion as well. So with an odd number, this works out very well because we'll have a definite answer based on basically if we think he's going to be or not, just on, I guess, surface level. And we can get into the nitty-gritty details of it. That's a tongue twister, by the way. I don't know why I can't say that. Yeah, it does. It's a, it's a little tongue twister. All right. So uh, obviously, once again, if you don't know who John D. Rockefeller is, US is it's the U.S.'s first uh, billionaire. Obviously, widely, widely, I cannot speak anymore. English is a language that I speak. Um, he's widely considered the wealthiest American of all time. So once again, I'm going to go through pros, con, pro, con, and then we'll kind of talk about it at the end. So uh, first pro I have is that he was known to work long hours. Um, so obviously that means pretty good work ethic, pretty solid work ethic. And that's, that's important if you're going to be good at basketball. All right, you're going to put in the hours to, to be able to play. Uh, first con that we have, uh, he's kind of in the bottom tier of basketball height. He's at f- standing at 5'11". It's not ideal, obviously. Um, you, you, you know, if you see you guys standing at 6'2", 6'3", it's more reasonable. But 5'11", you can kind of, you can see it a little bit. If it happens from time to time. Think Jared Harper at Auburn. He can still make an NBA even though he's, he's listed at 6 foot. But we all know very well that he's about 5'10", 5'11". Um, second pro that I have is that uh, he was able to negotiate with a lot of barge canals, ship captains, and freight agents, basically overtake uh, the entire Cleveland area and pretty much the U.S. in terms of oil, basically monopolize everything. He's able to talk his way through things, maybe get things that he wants out of his teammates, make sure he gets the right to the right where they need to be, make sure they understand where he's coming from. Another con that I have is that, uh, and this one doesn't make a lot of sense, um, considering that he was obviously one of the wealthiest businessmen in the world. Um, but it, the, in the research that I found, it said it stated that he was uh, very studious and not a risk taker. Um, but that doesn't really make sense to me as to why he's not a risk taker, considering he's one of the wealthiest men in America because of his business practices, which means you have to take risk. Ma- oh, starting a business is a risk in its own. Mm-hmm. Um, but I listed that one on there anyways, because, well, I needed another con. Um, his second thing, or his third and final pro that I have is that he was willing to do anything to knock his competitors out of business. Obviously, that's a, a very solid drive, a very solid worth ethic, work ethic coming back to it again making sure that he's going to do whatever it takes to win. Uh, and then my last con is that, you know, I, I've done this a few times with people where I've mentioned their dads being a part of this. I think I did Charlemagne and his dad was like known as like, uh, it was like, I can't remember what it, it was like something, the short basically, his nickname was the short. Um, and we use that as a con. So I'm going to do the same kind of thing here. Um, his dad was known as a con man or a con artist. So that's, that's going to be the negative side to the neg- negotiation side of this stuff. So Daniel, I'm going to start with you. Okay, so I'm very into the mental side of sports. I like looking into people's minds kind of and kind of analyzing different things and like what they say, what they do, how they act, and whether I think they'd be a good teammate or not. And listen to a few of these quotes. It is wrong to assume that the men of immense wealth are always happy. I believe that thrift is essential to well-ordered living. I always try to turn every disaster into an opportunity. So I feel like... He could be the type of guy that could complete a team that was kind of like one player away mm-hmm. who just needs that guy who, you know, isn't going to go run off, join the Lakers or the Nets and all those stars they have. I, I could see him being a John Morant kind of guy just okay. from his attitude. So I'm going to say yes. All right. All right. Um, that reminds me, you, you said something about like whatever disaster. I remember this yep. random story that, uh, you know, you know, in like school, like back in public schools, they would make you watch these like history videos on these random like people. Yeah. And like those history like channel made like shows was made for school, like the men who built America or whatever. There was something on him where he was basically um, like one of the reasons why he, he felt like he was almost like ordained by God to become like a very wealthy and powerful man. Obviously, I don't know if this is exactly true. I'm kind of just remembering this is like an old childhood memory. Um, so it could be wrong. Uh, don't quote me on this. Um but basically he was like, he was like, on, he was supposed to get on like a train or whatever. 
to go to like a business meeting somewhere and he like just barely missed the train um and then that train ended up like obviously crashing and like killing everybody on the train and then he was like oh maybe i'm supposed to do this like i'm you know i skipped on out on death technically like maybe i'm meant to be somebody in this world yeah um i don't know that's random his, the random thought from my childhood that i remember from in school about john d rockefeller all right mr berg tell me what you think i'll be honest with you uh i don't wait, know wait 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 sorry. so you say he's a hooper yes or no yes okay I'm looking at his, you know, Wikipedia page. Not a big John D. Rockefeller guy. Um, yeah. But looking at his picture, I kind of get Kyle Korver vibes. I don't know why. Kyle Korver. But like you said, his height, that's my issue with him is he's 5'10", 5'11". Um, the dude doesn't have the height that he needs to have to be in the NBA. Listen, I played basketball with all my uncles um, when I was growing up, and they just would – they're huge guys. They just swapped the ball out of me. It was impossible to play against him. I think if you put up a 5'10 John D. Rockefeller against a KD or a Bull Bull, they're not going to hoop. They're not hooping at all. Um, but on the bright side for him, lived to be 97, so he obviously was in good health. Yeah. Um, he is a rich dude. Random fact, by the way, that I found. his goal, One of his goals in life was to live to 100 years old. Well... He missed out on that goal He a did, bit, but it's still point. impressive that he got to 97. I mean, he was the richest person in history, so yeah. maybe that kind of makes up for the three-year difference there. Yeah. Um, But being rich, he could obviously afford some of the best trainers, the best equipment, best practice facilities. The Batman of basketball, question mark? Loki. But Batman's like the worst superhero. Yeah, but like his wealth is what made him a superhero. That is true. So maybe, maybe he could get like leg surgery to help him grow a little bit. There you go. We're he, thinking on a different plane he, here now. So I think looking at it, is he a hooper? I, I gotta say no. Unfortunately, I just I don't see his height helping him at all, unless he has leg surgery. But if he does have leg surgery, yes, Mr. Uh, Rockefeller, you're a hooper. Okay. Now this obviously leaves me with the deciding vote here on this topic, uh, whether or not John D. Rockefeller is a historical hooper. All right. Let's hear it. But it's one thirty. You know what that means. That means we have to go to a commercial break, a little two-minute PSA. Not a commercial, two-minute PSA. So what we're going to do is we're going to go to a two-minute PSA break, and then we'll come back on the other side, and I'll give my take on this because, well, I want to leave you all with the thought of this. Let me kind of tease it a little bit. Make sure you come back on the other side of the break. So with that being said, we'll see you guys in two minutes. Stay tuned right here on Weagle 91.1 FM, and we'll, we'll decide whether or not Mr. John D. Rockefeller is a historical hooper or not. You're listening to the Hardwood Hoop right here on Weagle 91.1 FM Auburn. And if you guys just missed the other side of that two-minute two minute PSA break, we were discussing whether or not another historical figure would have been good at the game of basketball. And we got two answers. We got two answers. One for Mr. Daniel Locke over here. He gave a, a firm yes, and Mr. Jake Berg a firm no on whether or not Mr. John D. Rockefeller would have been a historical hooper. So I'm going to run through uh, basically who John D. Rockefeller is again, just in case if you miss it over the break and um, weren't there to listen, for those just tuning in basically. Uh, Johnny Rockefeller is widely considered the wealthiest American of all time and the U.S.'s first billionaire. billionaire. Obviously owned the Standard Oil Company before it was broken up by antitrust laws. Um, and we've just we discussed whether or not we think he's a good basketball player. And so now I have the deciding pick, basically, to choose whether or not he's going to join the list of our other historical hoopers on this show. So I'm, gonna, I'm not going to give my answer just yet. I'm going to run through the pros and cons and kind of say why or when why not he would be good so obviously my first pro was that he had worked long hours and known for an incredible work ethic obviously any good basketball player is going to have a good work ethic they're going to spend long hours in the gym they're going to make it happen all right and he was willing to do anything to knock his competitors out of business all right so that could that could be taken in two different ways all right obviously one that he's literally once again he's going to combine his work ethic and the way that he practices and prepares and gets ready for a game and he's going to make sure that his team is going to do everything in their possibility to win a basketball game. That means going far above and beyond whatever they need to do to win, Michael Jordan-esque type of competitive spirit. Not comparing him to Michael Jordan, obviously, but just a Michael Jordan competitive spirit in terms of the way that he's going to do whatever it takes to make sure his team wins. And if that means getting his teammates a little mad, that means getting his teammates a little mad. Mm -hmm. All right? And with that being said, I think he's going to be a good basketball player just because of those two things. Any good basketball player has to have these qualities right there. Those two qualities are quintessential to becoming a good basketball player. Yes, I just used the word quintessential on the radio and in that, in that uh, way. 
I'll be honest with you, Jake. I don't know what quintessential means, but I'm just going to go I with don't it. either. <laughs> wow. Don't worry. I'm a senior that graduates in 10 days. But Quintessential basically means like the mo- one of the most important reasons. Okay. But like, don't worry. Hence, hence, like there is the root word in there, essential. Basically, it's essential to becoming a good basketball player. All right? So with that being said, John D. Rockefeller officially joins the list of the historical hoopers here on the Hardwood Hoop. I'm going 91.1 FM Auburn. So he joins, obviously, George Washington. Cornelius Vanderbilt somehow made the list. Yeah. Um, I think Harry Truman made the list. Uh, and I think that's it. Did Houdini last week? Lewis and Clark made it. Harry Houdini did not make the list, actually. Really? We did, we did a two-for-one special a few weeks back where Lewis and Clark were our historical hoopers because I missed a week um, with spring break. And so Lewis and Clark, obviously, we get two two for one, at, two for the price of one, and they were both historical hoopers. That was a two-for-one deal. Exactly. You can't pass those up. You can't pass those up. All right. With that being said, we have added another list, and it's time for us to move on from that amazing segment, the final historical Hooper segment of the semester, more than likely. We might do a bonus episode next week, but we'll see about that. That moves on us to the third third of our four blocks of the show, and we're going to talk a little bit about Auburn transfer news. I'm going to run through a few of the things, and then we're going to talk some NBA kind of postseason awards. Uh, We're going to run through, obviously, who's already won awards, and we're going to break down whether or not who we think should win the next couple of awards that are on the list and yet have yet to been announced. So obviously Johnny Broom, uh, transferred from Moorhead State, the Ohio Valley Conference Defensive Player of the Year, had been getting interest from Bama, Gonzaga, Kentucky, LSU, Texas Tech, and Houston, uh, as well as from Auburn as well. Um, we visited Auburn a few weeks back. It might have been last weekend, uh, eight-day weekend, I think. And obviously good four-to-five combo, gives Saluti at that position, uh, especially with a, the leaving and the moving on from the Auburn program from Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler. Add much needed depth there to pair well with Johan Traore out of uh, the former five-star LSU decommit. And there's another five-star LSU decommit that we're going to talk about, and that's Julian Phillips. He visited Auburn over the weekend. It's one of his last stops on his recruiting trip, basically. Um, Obviously, he was once committed to uh, LSU, now committed to – or not committed to Auburn yet, but was looking at Auburn as a potential place to go. Um, and then another news, Trey Donaldson uh, was a dual sport player coming out of high school into Auburn. Um, obviously, he's coming into Auburn this upcoming season uh, with basketball and football. He used three-star, three-star, four-star kind of combination uh, between basketball and football. Uh, played safety uh, and, and football. Um, but it is announced that he's going to be playing only basketball at Auburn. Bruce Pearl and Brian Harson announced that yesterday. Um, Alan Flanagan and Dylan Cardwell have both entered their name in the draft, but they did not sign an agent, so they can return. They're on the early NBA list, um, the early entry candidates for the NBA, the 20, 2022 NBA draft, which is on July, June 13th. So what do you guys think about that? Alan Flanagan and Dylan Cardwell putting, sort of putting their name in the draft. If Flan did this after last season, I 100% agree it's the right move after the year he had. Mm-hmm. After this year, not so much. Less than ideal. A lot of games where he had more turnovers than points. And then with Dylan Cardwell, I just don't. Guys his size are a dime a dozen in the NBA. If you can't really do anything with that height, I just don't really feel like you're going to get very far. That's that's fair. Um, I mean, I agree with that. I think Alan Flanagan makes, makes a little bit more sense. especially I with, agree. Especially with the hype that he had preseason coming into it. Obviously, the injury-ridden season that he's had. Um, and then him basically only playing a quarter of a season and not really getting up to the standard that we've come to expect from him. Uh, that makes a big difference in terms of his placement in the NBA draft. Obviously, he was kind of projected a, a preseason to be a first-round NBA draft pick. Um, not a lottery pick, just a first-round pick. Um, and it, it kind of stayed that way for most of the season just because of what they've been able to see from him last season as well as what we've seen this season from him. Um, Dylan Carwell, doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I don't like it. I think it's a waste. I mean, he can. Both of these guys can obviously take their name out of the draft. They didn't sign with an agent, um, but they're just kind of testing out the waters to see what it is. Dylan Cardwell, like I said, or Alan Alan Flanagan, like I said, makes a little more sense. Mm-hmm. Dylan Cardwell, not as much, um, just because Dylan Cardwell was basically playing second fiddle to uh, Walker Kessler all season, um, and while that probably did bring a little bit more light to what he's able to bring on the floor, but I just don't think that he's currently in the position that he needs to be to be performing at an NBA level. Yeah, I agree. I mean, shooting 40% from the free throw line, um, you know, that's second worst on the team it looks like this past year. And then for uh, his free field goal percentage, I mean, he has, it looks like, the second best on the team. 
which is incredible. Well, but I mean, that, that's that's what you'd expect out of guys that play in the post. You yeah, expect exactly. them to have a high field goal percentage because they're taking shots at the rim. Yeah, with layups and dunks and stuff yeah. like that. I just I think he's a good guy. I think he brings a lot of hype to the team. Um, brings a lot of energy to um, the locker room. I just I don't think it's a good play for him going to the NBA. I think if he does get picked or whatnot, um, best case scenario for him, it'll be a G League. And and th- this kind of brings up an interesting topic as well uh, within this. As you kind of see these guys like Alan Flanagan and uh, Dylan Carwell kind of testing out the waters of the NBA draft. Mm-hmm. More than likely, they're not going to get selected in this. I mean, obviously, they can, they'll be able to pull their name out before the draft, obviously, kind of gets locked in and you have to go. Um, but this presents an interesting topic. We talked about it before on the show. We talked about it on other shows like TNT in the Morning and Tank Talks Football um, that we also have here on Weagle 91.1 FM Auburn um, where we discuss kind of how NIL might make an impact on these guys that are maybe not quite ready to get to the, to the NBA draft. They're kind of on the borderline edge. And maybe it's in their best interest to stay another year as like in a junior or their sophomore year case as it is with uh, – Alan Flanagan and Dylan Carwell, respectively. And maybe it encourages them to come back for that extra year. They, they really need to be able to cement themselves as an NBA prospect. Mm-hmm. And Go ahead. You got it. Go ahead. And, and that's, that's essentially where maybe this, this could come into play as well with that. I mean, as a sophomore, Cardwell's a soft, sophomore, right? I think yes. I focus more on him just because I think, like we said, Flanagan makes a little bit more sense. With Cardwell, I think you've got to stay another year, continue to develop, um, like you said, he was behind Kessler most of the yeah. year. Um, there's no harm. I mean, it's not like you're losing all money. If it's going to be, I mean, he, it's not like he had a standout year where if he stays, he's potentially missing out on that big contract like some other players we've seen in recent um, recent years. I think it's in his best interest to stay. Like you said, get along with well, the yeah. ideal deal. Um, and that, that I think that's I think that everyone's kind of along the same lines as that. I just noticed that when I was scrolling through the list of the early NBA. Uh, entries uh, into the draft, obviously, um, and those two names kind of caught my attention because I did not expect to see them there. Yeah, I didn't either. I got that notification the other day, and I was like, Cardwell, that's interesting. And then Flanagan, I was a little bit intrigued by that one too, but you know, I wish the best for both of them, and I think... Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, more than likely, they'll both come back to Auburn this next season, so... I think the, the team that we do have coming, especially with the prospects that you mentioned at the start of the segment, I mean, there's a lot of uh, opportunities for them to have a good season. Yeah. All right, let's move into the NBA award season. I'm going to go through kind of a few of the ones that have already been announced because there have been three announced already. Obviously, those are the Defensive Player of the Year, that going to Marcus Smart. He's the first guard to win that award since Gary Payton did it. Uh, John Morant winning the Most Improved Player, which kind of caught my attention a little bit. I don't like it. I, I, I don't hate it. He's definitely a lot better than he has been in the past seasons. Obviously, a Rookie of the Year, his first year in 2019, I think it is, 2019-2020. Um, one of the best players in the NBA, one of the biggest stars. Um, and then Scotty Barnes winning Rookie of the Year. Scotty Barnes playing for the Toronto Raptors. Mm-hmm. I thought this one was going to go to Evan Mobley. I think it should have gone to Evan Mobley as Rookie of the Year, um, but we see Scotty Barnes winning it. Then we have the ones that have yet to been announced. We're going to go through, let's go with this, Kia NBA Sixth Man of the Year. Uh, those those finalists are Tyler Hero, Cam Johnson, and Kevin Love. Who do you all think is going to win that award? Um, Hero, I think. I agree, Hero. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it's here as well. I think Cam Johnson is a close second, um, just with whatever he's been with, with what he's been able to do on that Phoenix roster. Um, but I don't see Kevin Love being a sixth man of the year. I think he's honestly a starter on that roster. Yeah, I agree. Um, then we have NBA Coach of the Year: uh, Taylor Jenkins, the head coach of the Miami, Memphis Grizzlies; Eric Spoelstra of the Miami Heat; and Monty Williams of the Phoenix Suns. Who do you think is going to win that? This isn't me being a homer. Ime Udaka should be on that list. He should be. But Especially with how poorly they started this season and the way they were able to finish it, I think he deserves to be on that list. I'm going to go with Spolster of the ones you named on the list. All right, uh, a little bit of a hot take here. I think that the voters end up going with a write-in option of Mike Buttonholzer. Um, but I think here in, incoming Toilet Bowl, I can already tell. We do not care. Oh, okay. <laughs> a little bit surprised that one. Uh, I think you got to go with uh, Spolster as well here. Um, yeah. They just had a great year. Um, Eric Spolstra is always one of the most underrated head coaches in the NBA. Oh, I agree. Um, like even even when he had the, I mean, obviously he's got the few rings with those Miami teams of Kevin or Chris Bosh, LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, LeBron. Yeah, LeBum. Yeah, sorry, LeBum. Yeah. Um, what? He's he's fine. Don't worry about it. 
Sorry, someone's at the window talking to me. Um, but uh, I think that Eric Spolster is one of the most underrated coaches in the NBA. Um, but I don't think that he's going to win in this award this year. Uh, I honestly think it's going to go with either – I'm leaning towards Monty Williams, but I'm going to say it's going to go to Taylor, Taylor Jenkins just because Memphis was one of the worst NBA teams all of last season and for the past recent seasons as well. And they're able to lead them to the number two seed in the Western Conference. I think that's very impressive. They're on the heels of the Phoenix Suns pretty much most of the season. Um, and I think that he's going to pull that award out, which leads us with the final award, the MVP award, the most valuable player. Obviously, we have a Bucks fan here and one of their players on the list. We all know who it is, Giannis Antetokounmpo, one of the biggest stars in the NBA, Nikola Jokic, and then Joel Embiid. Who do you think is going to win? I'm not going to say who I think should win. Who do, you, who do you think should win? Jason Tatum. But – Oh my god. I'm gonna Get take, out of here. <laughs> I'm gonna take Joel Embiid. Okay. I think I could go with uh Embiid too, watching the Joker um against uh, the Warriors our night. You don't bench the potential MVP in the last fourteen seconds of a um elimination game. That's one possession. You just don't do that to the MVP. So I think you gotta go with Embiid, best all around player on that list besides Giannis, obviously. Yeah, I know you're a big Giannis fan. I'm surprised you didn't try and say him. I know you wanted to. I know it takes everything in your power to not say his name there to be the MVP. Obviously a two-time MVP already. But Joel has been the most dominant player in the NBA all season long. And that's from start to finish on a roster that was missing arguably one of their biggest stars for three quarters of the season before they traded for James Harden, obviously. So now he's got some help there. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, even with James Harden still coming in, Joel Embiid's still been able to dominate the game, still put up 30-plus points a game. You can see it in the playoffs. He's even doing it with a, a torn ligament in his thumb. Mm-hmm. And it, it's impressive. And if he's not the MVP, I'd be very surprised, to say the least. But um, Giannis probably will come in a close second, I think, as well. I think all three are very deserving of it. but I don't, I don't think Jokic is that much. Um, Giannis hasn't had the greatest season. Obviously, the seasons we've come to expect of him. Yeah, that's true. Um, but he's still obviously one of the best players in the NBA. All right. With that, we have our final two-minute PSA break of the show. And on the other side, we're going to do a little NBA pick for the rest of the round one games that we have in the NBA playoffs. So with that being said, stay tuned right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome back. Welcome back to the final block of the Hardwood Hoop right here on Weagle 91.1 FM Auburn. Uh, we had Mr. Daniel Locke obviously on the show for the first three blocks, but now he has departed for his two o'clock class, and now we have uh, Mr. Jacob Hillman filling in. Thanks for having me on, guys. It's uh, it's fun to be on the airwaves as my time here is coming to a close. Yeah, it's coming to a close for me as well. Obviously, this is the probably going to be the last episode of the Hardwood Hooper right here in Weagle. I'm glad I could be here to close it out. Yeah, exactly. Har- Harrison couldn't even show up. The regular attendance mm. attendee couldn't show up. Mm. It's kind of sad, um, but it doesn't matter. We don't need him anyways. He'll be back here on Friday. His show's not that good. You don't have to listen to it. Just kidding. Please listen to it. Um, I more than likely will make an appearance on that show as well. Uh, Somehow I've weaseled my way onto three three hours of this on this radio station a week. That's 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 exactly how you have to do it though. You you don't (laughs) technically have your own three hours or four or whatever. You just kind of find your way onto different shows and you're on every day. Yeah. And that's, this is, that's somehow it's ended up going on. Uh, but with that being said, we talked about in the last block uh, what who we thought we were going to win uh, the last three remaining, I guess, NBA awards for the season. Obviously, for the six men of the year, we all thought Tyler Hero was going to win it. Uh, obviously, from the Miami Heat for coach of the year, we had Eric Spolstra, two people taking Eric Spolstra, and then I had Taylor Jenkins of the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, and then we all kind of had a the MVP being the same, and Joel Embiid obviously should be expected. Um, but with that being said, there's still basketball games to be played. And what we're going to do is we're going to pick the, I think there are five remaining games that are still being played in the round one of the NBA playoffs, obviously with the Hawks being knocked out 4-1 and the Nets being swept, which is hilarious. <laughs> the only team to be swept in the NBA playoffs in the first round this season. With that being said, let's hop into the Sixers versus Raptors game. Obviously, that's 3-2 in favor of the Sixers. Winner go home game yet again for the Raptors. They've found a way to bounce back in this series. Mr. Berg, who do you think is going to win this game? In Toronto, I think they're on a hot streak. Um, their first couple games were – well, game three was pretty close, so I got to go with the Raptors here. I think they're uh, feeling the pressure right now, and at home they uh, they push a 3-3 to game seven. It's so interesting how they've bounced back from just being down and it seemed like they were out, and here they are kind of with momentum, like like he said. And yeah. 
I really think with this home game, they, they might get it done and everyone's going to freak out because what if the Sixers blow this big lead? I don't – I have the Raptors winning this this next game as well, but I'm not sure what goes from there. All right, that's fair. Uh, I saw an interesting stat after, obviously, the uh, Raptors pulled the series at 3-2 and stayed alive. Doc Rivers has lost seven of his last eight games and like clinching – like for the ability to clinch a series, basically. If he wins a game, he clinches the series, lost the last seven of the last eight, which is astounding, to say the least. Clutch. Um, <laughs> yeah, you might say that it's clutch. Um, but with that being said, I think he's going to choke another one away, and I think he's going to end up choking the whole series away. Ooh, the whole series? The whole series. They're going to they're gonna get the reverse sweep. The Raptors and someone are going to pull off the reverse sweep in this. I think it, it, It'd be funny. It would be hilarious. It would be, <laughs> be awesome. Oh, I, I, what I would love to see that happen. Um, but... I, I just think that once again the Raptors are got a lot of momentum coming in us. They got a home game coming up. I think they can really kind of shock Philadelphia and tie this back up three three for that game seven and then go back to Philadelphia and pick up the win, especially with Joel being uh having that torn ligament in his thumb. All right. Let's move on to the Bulls versus the Bucks. The Bucks are obviously winning this series three to one. Bucks have a chance to close this series out. Mr. Hillman, who do you think is gonna win this one? Yeah, I think the Bucks close it out tonight. I don't really see the Bulls. I mean I thought the Bulls, the way they showed out uh, in, in in their win in Game Two, I thought, okay, may, maybe, maybe, maybe make this series interesting. But I just don't think it's going to happen. I think the last two games have been complete dominant by the by the Bucks, and they get it done tonight. Yeah. Listen, uh, obviously, I'm a Bucks fan. If I haven't made that clear yet, um, I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, Bucks win Game Five. I will add on we to that. We do not care. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you did ask me, so, like, I feel like I you know. care I, a little I, bit. I care a little bit, yeah. Uh, I just I, wanted to use that on you one last time. I'm sure you used it again. <laughs> uh, I'll say Bucks win by 20-plus, and I will say Giannis has a triple-double in the game. Um, you know, call it a hot take if you want, but I think Bucks get it done, and uh, my family is going to be happy about that because they're facing the Boston Celtics next round. That is one of the most homer picks that I've probably ever seen. You know, I could see him winning by 20. Yeah. The, the now, tri- predicting Giannis triple-double is something else. Yeah. Listen, if anyone throws some money on that uh, stat line, I expect a little bit of the, <laughs> the money. You Venmo it to me. Uh, yeah. You, you were talking about how the Bulls, especially in Game 2, looked really solid. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the first two games of the series, they put up a very, very tough fight. And it made it look like it was going to be a series. Mm-hmm. But... <laughs> like I don't know what happened to the team. Caruso's gone. They, they, Caruso's out. out and it just fell apart. Zach Levine's out. Zach Levine's they were out. Home. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It makes no sense. It was like the it was the Bulls' first home game, a uh, playoff game, and in the United Center yeah. in five years. And oh. whew, how did that turn out? Not very well. Thirty point loss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and with that being said, the Bucks are just gonna walk over, walk all over the Bulls yet again. Um, then we have the Grizzlies versus Timberwolves. This is 3-2 in favor of the Memphis Grizzlies. Obviously, the Grizzlies picking up a last-second win against the, the Timberwolves last night, obviously uh, from a John Morant layup. Uh, Jacob, who do you think is going to win this one? Which one? That's a good point. I forget we're all Jacobs here, all Jakes here on the show. I'm going to go with you, Hillman. Uh, uh, that's something sticking to last names a little bit on yeah, this. It, it's difficult sometimes, but I really like the Grizzlies and what they've shown, but I've also been impressed by the Timberwolves. I thought going into the series, the Timberwolves were just going to get clean sweep, and I thought, I thought what they, the way they act in the play-in game, I was like, they're going to get swept. They deserve it, whatever. But they put up a fight, and I respect the the way they act and how they go about themselves. They're just, they're just out there playing basketball. But I do think the Grizzlies uh, get it done on Friday night in the next game. All right. I think it's a toss-up. Game four and five combined a three-point uh, difference between the winner and loser. Um you know, I think the Timberwolves have made a statement with how they've played, but I think you gotta go with the Grizzlies here. I think they just have too much power behind them and is it at Memphis or is it it's in Minnesota, isn't it? It should be in yeah. Minnesota. Yeah, I think they steal it in Minnesota. Yeah. Um you know, like you said, uh, three points separating the last couple of games. Um but we've got to talk about the way that Minnesota has been blowing massive leads to this team. Uh to the Grizzlies, obviously. And the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies coming back and winning all these games, uh, and that that's that should say something. And I I don't think that they're able to close out games, and I have the Grizzlies picking up the series win and moving on to the next round. Uh, and then we have the Mavericks versus Jazz. Mavericks are up three two in the series yet again. A lot of these series are three two or three one. 
Um, no 3-3 yet, no Game 7 yet to, to be decided, but we'll probably see a couple of those more than likely. Berg, I'll start with you first. Who do you think is going to win the Mavericks versus Jazz? I assume with uh, Luka being back, they're just going to kind of tear it up again. Um, I think Dallas kind of closes this series out. Uh, Utah had a good start, but I just think Dallas is going to finish it off. Yeah, I, I really like what Luka showed in his return. I think he's done a good job. And Donovan Mitchell, also, he's hurt now. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to be up to 100% by uh, tomorrow evening. So I do think that Dallas goes and uh, steals it in Utah. The amount of play, like actual like stars that are hurt in the playoffs this season is unreal. Stinks. It is. It like kind of takes the fun out of it at the same time, but it also kind of makes it more interesting too. Yeah. Because there's a lot of players that you've never seen before that are trying to have to make a name <laughs> for themselves. And it always presents an interesting uh, scenario. And with that being said, Luca being back, Donovan Mitchell being out, Rudy Gobert cannot carry a franchise. Um, give me the Mavericks and they're going to win big. Then we have our final game on the docket. This is probably going to be the most interesting game of the, the set, I think, for me. Um, obviously, alongside the Sixers and Raptors, but Warriors versus the Nuggets here. Warriors up 3-1. Nuggets able to fend off, fight for another game, be able to try and bring it to 3-2. Who do you all think is going to win this one? We'll start with you, Hellman. Yeah, I look at this and saw what the Nuggets did to, to you know, not get swept, and I thought that was a heck of a performance because I felt like that whole game, I was just waiting for the Warriors to take the lead and just Run away with it, yeah, and it never did happen. The Warriors took the lead at one point, but it was just it was all it was all Denver from then on. So I I still don't know if it's going to be enough. I mean, they've got Jokic, and that's really it. Yeah, I I think the Warriors get it done tonight. All right, I think uh, if the Nuggets do manage to steal a game, I think it would be this game. Obviously, because it's the last one, but I think Warriors win the series. I still think the Warriors win um, this first game. With how Curry and Poole have been playing, I think it's it's just impossible. I don't think the Joker can do enough to single-handedly stop them. Yeah, uh, I I think that is pretty much sums it up. It's pretty much just Nikola Jokic. Uh, they have Aaron Gordon, but I mean, what's he worth nowadays? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I I think that the Golden State Warriors is just more of a complete team. Obviously, they're playing their best basketball right now. Obviously, with Jordan Poole coming out of almost seemingly nowhere, be dropping thirty plus points a game. Obviously, Steph Curry, Steph Curry being back, and then you also have combined Clay Thompson with that as well. And I think it's just going to be too much for the Denver Nuggets. All right, that's all we have for this week's episode of the Hardwood Hoop. This is probably going to be the last episode, so I would would say that you could find this radio station same time, same place next week. <laughs> but you may not find it here next week. So that's, that's kind of sad. But it's been fun. Enjoy the show. It's been a good semester. We'll see you guys sometime soon probably. I'll probably find my, my way on another show this week. <laughs> so you won't be the last time you hear of me. But we appreciate you guys turning in. That's all we have. So, so have a good one. Thank you guys for listening. You just listened to the Hardwood Hoop on Weagle 91.1 FM, where we talk all things basketball. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll be back next week at 1 o'clock on Wednesdays. If you want to check out all of our other great shows, follow our Instagram and Twitter at Weagle underscore AU. If you can't get to a radio, you can stream Weagle 24 hours a day at WeagleFM.com. Until next time, have a great second half of your week.